Hello and welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm your host, Sam Kane. I know, I'm a little late with the episode. Just a couple weeks, no big deal. But, my goodness, this has been a, a busy time for NBA news. Just lots of buzz going around all across the league. Uh, well, let's, uh, let's talk about the first big thing. That uh, I know everyone's uh, everyone's talking about it. It's uh, you know, uh, Kobe Simons signs in Poland. He's uh, he's gonna be playing in uh, Poland this year. Who is uh, Kobe Simons? I don't know. I think he played on the Grizzlies. I think maybe. Yeah, yeah. I think he was on the Grizzlies at one point. And uh, another news, Andrew Wiggins doesn't want to get the vaccine. Doesn't want to get it. Apparently, uh, he's been telling his boys, my body, my choice. Maybe, maybe, allegedly, I might have just made that up right now. But it might be true. Lot of lot of big news going on. Langston Galloway signs a training camp deal with the Golden State Warriors. Wow. Wow. Shocking. Avery Bradley signs with the Warriors. I think it's a guaranteed contract. We'll see. What else? What else? Luke Garza. Goes from a two-way to a two-year contract. Take that, haters. Garza's gonna be in the league for years to come. Gotta love it. Garza love it. What else? You know, uh, the Celtics, they've, they've signed, uh, they got one of the best preseason rosters of all time. Garrison Matthews is on the team, Juwan Morgan, Ryan Arkadukadukadakano, I can't say his name, but he's not bad, not bad. They got someone else, Theo Pinson. Glue guy, good locker room guy. Very excited for him. But the problem is there's only 15 roster spots. What is going to happen to these guys? What's going to happen? We, we, is Jabari Parker not going to make the team? Will Luke Cornett take the spot? Who knows? But now to the more smaller news items. Uh, Ben Simmons wants a trade from the Philadelphia 76ers. He doesn't want to be on the team anymore. Uh, Some teammates, uh, they try to get him to the training camp. Every reporter out there is trying to get a soundbite from, from, uh, you know, a a former teammate of Ben Simmons. You know, just just to get some insight on what's going on. In this locker room, well, let me tell you, the Kane violation, we actually uh, got a hold 
of uh, one of uh, Ben Simmons' former teammates. Briefly played with Simmons last season. Uh, you may uh, you may know him as a Celtic legend, but uh, he was on the Sixers last year. Vincent Poirier. We got a uh, you know a, a quick cameo from him, and uh, you know uh, we paid a little bit of money, but uh, we want we wanted to hear what he had to say about Ben Simmons. Like what what was going on? On this team last year, was he well liked in the locker room? We just we want to get as uh, as much insight as we could, and uh, you know it was really cool that Poirier did this. So we're gonna play uh, the uh, the cameo that Vincent Poirier just sent over uh, right now. Play it, uh, play it on the air live. Il est inutile d'attendre 24 heures et je n'ai aucun conseil à demander. C'est tout décidé, je sais ce que j'ai à dire. C'est non, non, en aucun cas. Vous êtes dans votre fauteuil à tisser toute la journée. Votre attention, Really cool of him to uh, give his insight on uh, the Ben Simmons fiasco. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, I want to hear what people have to say about Benny Boy. The young socialite. What is going on? Uh, let's, uh, you know, let's hear from actual fans. Let's do that. Um, you know, where, where can we find them? Uh, let's see. What's, uh, let's just look up a place in Philadelphia. Philadelphia... Restaurant. Because I think I think a lot of people like Ben Simmons, so um it's uh it's surprising that he's getting all this hate. He's you know, he was rookie of the year, right? Wasn't he? Even though he played like ten games. Right? Pretty sure he was. Let's uh, you know, let's get an opinion from uh, from someone. They don't want to talk about Ben Simmons right now. Let's see who else we got. Hey, this is actually Nate Duncan of the Dunked On Podcast. Uh, I do uh, NBA podcasts. We're just calling uh, restaurants in the Philadelphia area. Uh, do you want Ben Simmons on the Philadelphia 76ers next year? Real quick. Thank you for your time. Yes, hi. Uh, this is actually Brian Windhorse of ESPN. We're we're just calling uh, pizzerias in the Philadelphia area. We do an NBA podcast. We're uh, we're curious if you're a Sixers fan. Do you want Ben Simmons 
on the team next year. Real quick, thank you for your time. No. Okay. I I agree. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Oh, there you go. Now we know. Sixers fans do not want Simmons on the team next year. Dan- hey, Dan Greedy. What's up, man? Not much. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Uh, we are doing the L.A. Clippers. Got some of your Kentucky buddies on the team. Actually, probably only one at this point because Cousins is no longer on the team. He's still not on a team, actually. We were just talking about that. We're, we're surprised that he didn't get signed anywhere. I heard that there's teams in China that are interested in him. I don't think Cousins has to go to China yet, though. I think he can still play in the NBA. Like, he he had some good playoff games, right? Well, I mean, let's hope so. I feel like somebody in their late 20s to early 30s is not old. And unfortunately, those guys are becoming old in NBA years at this point. He does have a lot of wear and tear on the tires. But like you said, he could probably still be productive in the right situation. And I threw out the idea of maybe going back to the Lakers on that old man team that they put together there. Yeah. Stay in L.A. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. He could help out. I mean, he doesn't play the greatest defense, but he's a big body. He can score in the paint. He he really bullied his way into the post. Uh, It was one of those games, I believe, in the second round. And uh, I, I think he still has a little left. He doesn't have to go overseas just yet. Patrick Patterson, no longer on the team. I think he's on the training camp roster for the Blazers. So he's gone. Rondo traded. Beverly traded. Daniel Achuro. Achuru? Achuru. Achuru. Gone. Gone to Memphis. So they're, they're no longer there. Actually, you do have a couple Kentucky boys on the Clippers, because Eric Bledsoe is there now, and you got B.J. Boston, your uh, your buddy there. Hopefully, he'll uh, get at least a few minutes of playing time this year. I really don't see how he's going to get much, though. I'm just going to throw this out there, too. I have heard John Wall whispers. I mean, who knows if that will ever come to fruition because almost nobody can trade for his contract. But I guess what has been thrown out there is the fact that maybe the Clippers could put something together to get John Wall if they wanted to. Not that they would even want to entertain that idea, but that was one of the few teams that I'd heard as a potential destination for him. Were they saying that on ESPN or the NBA? Yeah, it was ESPN. uh, And I think the Sixers were also mentioned Obviously, that would probably involve Ben Simmons. But, yeah, there's very few teams that could even trade for him, I guess. But Clippers might be one of them. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Uh, I mean, I was actually on the trade machine yesterday, and there's really not too many teams that really make sense for John Wall. There's there's not too many teams that can get up to his salary. He's making $44 million next year. So... You have to put a couple max contracts, or at least one max contract, uh, 
and pair it with two other contracts most of the time just to even get up to what he makes to match it. So I was looking at the Clippers, and yes, I they could probably put something together. Um, obviously, Paul George, Kawhi are off limits. Eric Bledsoe is making eighteen million dollars. They just traded for him, though, so I believe they're not allowed to trade his salary with another player's salary for two months. That actually might be expiring. I I can't remember when that trade happened. It might have happened in July, so it it might be coming up. They might be able to do something during the preseason if they wanted, if they wanted, or maybe they want to see how Bledsoe does, but... You know, if Bledsoe's a bust, say, maybe around November, December, realizing he's just not what he used to be, they could take his $18 million, they could combine it with Luke Kennard's $12 million, and then they need one more salary to get up to that $44 million. I think Serge Ibaka, he didn't really even play too much in the playoffs last year. I think he's well-liked in the locker room, though. So that might be tough, putting him in a trade like that. But, you know, it's an expiring contract. It's only $9.7 million. So, And I'm, I'm sure Ibaka does not want to go to Houston, but I'm sure Houston would just wave him and he can go wherever the hell he wants. Luke Kennard... His twelve million he's making twelve million this year, thirteen million the next year, fourteen million the year after that. The final year's a team option, so you can just get rid of him if if you want. But you know, it's twelve million. It's it's not it's not the end of the world. You could if you're Houston, you can move his salary later on, but that really seems to be the only trade that would make sense for John Wall. And another factor is that Reggie Jackson played very well in the playoffs, as we saw um, back in uh, May and June. Or May. Uh, I got my dates all messed up now. What if, you know, Reggie Jackson's not cool with John Wall? I don't know how well-liked John Wall is in the league. I haven't heard... You know, him having beef with too many people, but, you know, if Reggie Jackson's thinking he has the starting job and then John Wall comes in, that could create some friction. Well, I mean, something that comes to mind when you mention that is when John Wall arrived in Houston last year, and it really seemed like Harden was not very cool with that at that point. So I see what you're saying there. That totally makes sense. And at this point in their careers... I'll say I haven't seen John Wall play very much. Obviously, he didn't play for a couple years. And last year, he played like half the season, and he was on Houston. So I didn't get the opportunity to see him play too much last year. But I would imagine that Reggie Jackson is probably the better player at this point in his career. And I don't think that John Wall wants to be a backup. I think that's part of the reason why he's going to be out of Houston is because Houston wants to go with the youth movement, especially in the backcourt and play Jalen Green and Kevin Porter. So it might not be a great fit. It's just something that I had heard floated out there. And uh, obviously, 
I had seen Bledsoe and Wall play together at Kentucky 10 years ago, and Cousins was there on that team too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a nostalgic group for me. So cool to talk about these guys. Yeah. I mean, actually, I've been hearing that Kawhi might be out for the whole season. I, I saw a headline that said that. That wow. would be terrible if that's the case. I mean, he had surgery in July, which is, you know, uh, uh, looks like it might be a mid-season return, according to CBS Sports. This sounds very familiar with him, though. Didn't something similar happen a couple years ago in San Antonio before he got traded where he had some sort of issue that people thought, okay, maybe it's part of the season, and then mm-hmm. it turned out being basically the whole season? Yeah, that, that started a whole debacle in um, San Antonio. And there were people were wondering whether Kawhi was just purposely sitting out, whether he was really hurt or not. I don't think it was ever really confirmed what was going on, but um, it was clear that Kawhi didn't want to be there anymore, which led to the Toronto Raptors trade. So, I, if I had to guess, I don't think we're going to see Kawhi Leonard in 2021, especially since he just had the surgery in July. I... So it it would be understandable if John Wall is healthy right now and the Clippers want to add some talent, maybe they could, I mean, Reggie Jackson could possibly play the two, go Wall at the one, then Paul George is the, the star guy, The you're making sure he gets most of the shots, and then you got, uh, you got, you got Morris, Marcus Morris at the four, I think they start Subach at the five, so eh, maybe it, it it seems to be the only trade that really makes sense. I mean, you you brought up Philadelphia, but I I'd imagine the Sixers want something more than John Wall for their uh, one of their franchise guys, Ben Simmons, but um. Who knows? Who knows? The, the Clippers also signed Justice Winslow, so he's getting another opportunity in the league. the The whole reason the the Grizzlies were open to you know keeping Andre Iguodala, even though he wanted to be off the team a couple years ago, is they they figured they could trade him and get some assets in return. And the big asset the Grizzlies got in return was Justice Winslow. They knew he wasn't going to play that season so last season they're expecting Winslow to be healthy and to be a stud and uh that was not the case he played 26 games started one only averaged about a 6.8 points per game I mean not dreadful but not the greatest if uh, you're paying a guy you know over 10 million dollars so they just kind of cut ties with him, and now he's going to get an opportunity in Los Angeles. Maybe he'll be the backup point guard. So, um, yeah, it might be a place where uh, he could, uh, you know, revamp his career, perhaps. And uh, they got Terrence Mann. He, man, he had a great game 
in the playoffs last year. You say he scored 40? Was it 4? I'm, I'm going to look it up right here. I think it might have been 44. What? But regardless of what he scored in that one game, he is 39, really... 39, 39. He is really insane. an improving player. Not I mean, bad. they used to put him in for a minute here, a minute there to play defense at the end of a quarter. Now he's a legit rotation guy that can actually score it, too. Second round pick, 2019. 48th pick. See, that. these are the guys that uh, GMs want to find in the second round. And, uh, my God, the Clippers, they usually don't have you know high first round picks. So you always worry about, you know, veteran teams like the Clippers finding youth, getting them into their system, and looks like they just did. This guy is probably going to be really big for them next season. He's probably going to play like 20 minutes a game easily. Brought back Nick Batum. Everyone thought he was washed up in Charlotte, including myself. Uh, turns out he probably just wasn't giving it his all. <laughs> He got his money, so he's just like, ah, you know, wave me. I think they had to get off his salary just to um, get Gordon Hayward on the team, onto the Hornets. So he goes to the Clippers, and we're like, ah, whatever, he'll barely play. And then, like, oh, he's actually not completely washed up. I mean, he's not what he used to be, but, you know... <laughs> You can actually play him, like, just under 30 minutes a game. He can help you out. So, he uh, he started 38 games last year. Pretty impressive. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, was definitely a factor for them in the playoffs. He averaged the same amount of points in the regular season as he did in the playoffs, 8.1. Interesting. I, I was really impressed with how Ty Lue changed his lineups so many different times during the playoffs, especially after Kawhi was out at the end of the playoffs and how he mixed and matched and sometimes even played Batum at the five spot and played him as a stretch five. I thought that was very creative, and yeah, Batum definitely held his own for the most part. Yeah, Ty Lue is very good with the lineup adjustments, I'd say. That that is definitely one of his strengths, and... um, yeah, they. It, it. A lot of people were wondering, like, why they didn't get rid of Zubach in the starting lineup earlier. Um, but it, you know, he ended up figuring things out, and uh, things were looking pretty bad actually, and um, early on in the Mavs series. I mean, people people were saying they were gonna get swept after they were down two zero. I actually did think that they were going to win game three. I just I just had a feeling. You know, there was too much talent. My Celtics had a similar situation. They lost two home games. They were the number one seed. Lost two home games in the first round to the eighth seed Bulls in 2017. That was a team with Rondo, D-Wade, Jimmy Butler, and uh, you know, sometimes you just got to snap out of it and um, start winning games because uh, you, know, 
you realize you have more talent on your team. So, I think, I think they're going to be, I'm going to say top five team in the West next year. I think it really depends. It's, it's, it's going to have to be Paul George. He's going to have, have to have another MVP-like season to elevate this team. And, uh... Not not too many other people they've added so far. It's it's pretty much the same roster as last year for the most part, minus Beverly and Rondo, Cousins. So I would say I would say four seed if I had to guess. Four seed Lakers are going to be good. Look out for the Warriors as well with a healthy Clay Thompson. Uh, Jazz, Jazz have been very good the past couple years. So, yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what they end up doing. But um, yeah, I, I I do think the this is probably the best John Wall destination, no doubt. We'll see what they end up doing. So, we'll wrap this one up here. Make this a quick one. Now on to the movie of the week. And our movie of the week. Going way, 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 way back to 1957. It's Attack of the Crab Monsters from 1957. Directed by the great Roger Corman. Gave a lot of big name directors their, uh, their first shot. Uh, including Francis Ford Coppola, Peter Bogdanovich, I think that's how you say his name, and uh, I'm sure there were some other big ones. Maybe Spielberg? I can't remember if Spielberg was one of them. But uh, Roger Corman is still alive. Oh, Joe Dante is one of them. Joe Dante. He's not... uh, he did Gremlins. He did Small Soldiers. He's probably not as well known as he used to be, though. Um, Roger Corman, still alive. Still alive, born in 1929, I think. The, like, the cast of this movie, it seems like none of them are still alive. But um, Roger Corman certainly is. So that's pretty crazy. Not too many movie directors from the 50s are still alive. This is uh this is a fun B movie. I um I actually always thought it would be really cool to do like an eight-legged freaks version of uh like uh crabs, like crab monsters, you know. Like instead of like you know huge spiders like the size of horses um have like giant crabs coming out of the ocean like attacking people you know i used to like uh drink a a can of diet coke really fast and uh come up with these like crazy movie ideas not realizing that uh the caffeine was giving me all these wild ideas and uh i remember being um up in rockport massachusetts i think 
uh, I think it was like 4th of July or whatever, I just watched Eight-Legged Freaks, and I was like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if, like, crabs came out of the ocean? They were, like, I was, like, imagining, like, the crabs would have the ability to, like, jump around and, like, claw people's heads off and whatnot. I was a really sick kid. No, I just watched too many crazy movies. And uh, I had never seen, like, a killer crab movie until I came across this. I was really glad that one exists. Um, There might be more. I haven't really gone really out of my way to find, you know, the, the killer crab movie genre. But this was this was a fun movie. I love the beginning. I'm going to spoil it. It's great. Some, uh, there's like a military people. They're on, uh, there's, they're going to this island. There's like strange radiation being detected from this island. So they're on like a, a raft, you know, paddling towards the island. And, uh, yeah, one, one guy, uh, for whatever reason, sticks his head and, uh, or no, he he. Uh, I think he starts diving in the ocean to investigate something, and then uh, something's going on. His guys try and pull him back up, and as they pull him, they have him by the legs. They pull him back up, and they got him back on the boat. But the guy's missing a head. <laughs> it was like oh, I was so happy. I was like, yes. This is what I look for in my 1950s B monster movies, whatever you want to call them. I mean, it was it was it was like Austin Powers, like the guy whose head gets bit off by a shark. They're like they're like holding a dummy. Um, but sadly, that was kind of like the best part, and it was like at the very beginning. Um, but it was still a pretty good movie. It was still pretty good. It was a little strange. So it's like yeah, there's giant crabs on this island. And, um, you know, slowly people get you know, eaten by them. And there's there's some weird stuff going on as well. Like the, the people who get eaten or slaughtered, whatever the crabs do with them, they end up being able to talk like, through a radio tower it's uh it's super random and it's also strange that like uh the military people the the and the professors the everyone uh i'm pretty sure they like work in science or whatever it's funny the the professor from gilligan's islands in this movie but there is a character named the professor and it's not him, but there's one scene where, like, I, I think Russell Johnson's his name. Um, he uh, he talks to the character, the professor, and it's just funny hearing the professor saying, "Hey, professor, what do we do?" Um, whatever. And uh, yeah, there's you know you got the classic, uh you know, lady on the team who has over-the-top screams uh, when she sees the giant crabs, but uh, for some reason doesn't seem phased at all as, like, a claw is, like, attacking her head. 
great acting there. Um, it's uh, it's fun. It's fun. They're uh, the the. The crabs somehow cause earthquakes as well, I guess, because they're so big. Or maybe it's the radiation. But uh, it has these uh, scientists going in caves. And the crabs, I mean, they don't walk like crabs. It kind of looks like they're floating <laughs> towards their victims. They're, it doesn't look like they're really walking. <laughs> And, uh, it's, it's funny. It's funny. It's good. Um, I saw it. Now, when I think of, like, B, like, horror monster movies, the best, I think of, uh, Them from 1954. That's, like, a giant ant movie. That one's really well done. Another really well done one is Tarantula from 1955 actually has Clint Eastwood in it at the very end uh, he has a small role as before he was famous he uh, drops napalm on the uh, okay I'm not gonna not gonna spoil it but uh, I think I already did <laughs> um, but that one's really good that one's really good uh, I definitely wouldn't recommend the giant Gila monster unless you're just, you know, stoned and want a laugh. This one's pretty good, though. I'm going to give it the Alice rating. That's the tier three. If you're into B horror monster movies, watch this. Actually, you know, it'd probably be pretty funny to just play this at a party like imagine like you just put on this this movie at like a house party and they just see this you know like mostly like and they just see this completely fake looking giant crab floating towards people like trying to snap their limbs off. I think people would start crowding around the TV for a little while, and then they'd say, dude, change this. What are you doing? So, check it out. It's it's All these movies are on YouTube. It's crazy. I'm, I really haven't had any trouble finding any of these movies so far. The toughest one I think was Anguish. And um I had to I had to go to a special website to find that one. Like I had to go in the dark web. No, I'm just kidding. I didn't go there. But it it was uh it was like uh you know the uh 15th search result for the movie. And I was like, "Oh man." I hope uh, this doesn't break my computer. We're moving on. Yeah. If times arise and unify, keep coming strong. Uh-huh. 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 Yo, where's my people at? We be where the elite be at. We really never need the gap. 
coming with a sneak attack. In fact, best believe we back when we rap it heats the trap. Kenny Park sees to that. My job is to teach these cats. Present the clear speech they lack. And show them how to eat from rap. Right about now. 
Man, and you know, he weighs in pretty hefty. My man's like, too many How much he weighs? <laughs> He's like the guy in the hefty bag. <laughs> okay, okay, let's take it from here. Never do a song yeah. that you heard before. 
off the block, hip hop. Popping my ziplock from six spots. Bang like body shots to make your ribs pop. Overhand left you to death, set up the jab you never see. Cause I'm strong and I'm brown like Hennessy. Spasmatic energy flow. Enemies know that I'm good in the hood like that. 20's a drove. Get your food ate. I spit it every day like toothpaste. Dump sticks like mushroom eggs. Born sick, so my life is ill. One man cypress hill. Another rapper don't like his deal. Underexposed like polar boys. Stingy with mice like saucer boys. Beat, turn your atoms out to them the applesauce. But opportunity knocks. Write rhymes to it, ball for ball, all bets is all for R and R. A no variety of raps can cause anxiety attacks. Break a zany bar in half and then crash for your party at. The comfortable dysfunctional mister was suck with you, fuck what you heard about. Topic for gossip to word of mouth. Druggy fresh, Grimlock, Tyrannosaurus Rex on a Xanax. Hip hop out from Ziploc to death. Mumra, half the summer, dumb and dumb a cat. Loop a blunder, super under underground, about to steal your thunder. Light up things off lightning where I'm at. I'm like Raiden for Mortal Kombat. Fatalities come after the dime sack Pushing the envelope like I'm selling dope Engaging battle, that's a hope You only hope to be hot You got a bat rap like Kobe got You can jack off like sex with no biatch Watch me light up trees like Christmas Eve You don't even feel what you kicking like you Christopher Reeves He's back, you know it's Lee Stack Land of the lost, you rap with characters like the back of the sauce My brain's half off, cause I'm halfway on I spit quotes till every road's up in your ashtray gone my North variety of raps can cause anxiety attacks. Break a zany bar in half and then crash where your party at. The younger and dumber tame one coulda, woulda, but didn't. The wiser part of older tame soldier is the wizard. Meaning that I'm going hard with the magic. Barking with static, automatic, abracadabra, acid tap, vocab status. Poo, teaching the booth. I'm teaching the truth. I want a jeep and cool. The anti-celebrity probably rap till I'm 70. Rick and mortis the cordless when I broke bury it with me. Socially iffy, shitty attitude iffy. I just more rappers than thicker. Last man standing banging his bag of sticky. My no variety of raps can cause anxiety attacks. Break a zany bar in half and then crash for your party at. The comfortable dysfunctional mister was stuck with you. Fuck what you heard about. Topic for gossip to word about. With just a rub down, I can make a bitch's zipper come down. Mentally clusterfuck them to blushing just cause I'm around. I'm down for public displays and occasional nooners. Hold your hand and snuggle when it's time for granny bloomers. Romantic with my antics, tantric, frantic. Bucket naked under the bathroom. Follow the path of rose petals to the master bedroom. Faster, I'm waiting, about to start without you masturbating. Good shot a slab or something that you should have had for a little bit. Or some off-white sticky icky jism shit. 